Swallows of the South is a proud member of the RPG Academy Network. Hello, and welcome to Swallows of the South. I'm Quinn Wilson, storyteller. Before we get started this week, I just wanted to put out one more reminder that we'll be doing a Q&A episode after the conclusion of the series, which I believe is going to happen in three more episodes. So if you'd like the cast to answer a question that you have, please feel free to send us a question to our email, swallowsofthesouth at gmail.com, or to our Twitter, at swallowsofsouth, with the hashtag Q&A. We look forward to answering your questions. That being said, there's just one more thing I wanted to address this episode. There is no lunch at the back of this episode. There are three episodes left, and we only have one lunch left, which is going to go at the back end of the next episode, I believe. This episode hits some notes that I feel very personally satisfied with, and that I think are tonally and emotionally resonant, and so I'm going to allow them to speak for themselves without putting the lunch there at the end of the episode. Also, our last lunch is with a character who hasn't been formally introduced yet, so look forward to that. All that being said, let's get this thing started. In the time of myth, when gods and mortals walked creation together, Golden Might of the Dawn left Rizzo to clash with Ray of Morning Sunlight. As she ascended to the top of the caldera, what would she find with languishing diatribe? Would a bloody battle ensue? or something else entirely. Could she, and would she, be the one to free the unconquered sun? Goldie continues to rush forward, and beyond this final shrine gate, it opens into the pit of the caldera, and you can see this larger shrine gate, the one that peaked above the lip of the caldera before and you can see there is an apparatus at the top of the shrine gate a sort of mostly complete circle that is built into the structure of the gate almost like a crown and you can see at the center of that circular structure a form is beginning to coalesce pinned by four arms and his two legs the sun is slowly beginning to coalesce and his light is draining around you he has weathered looking features the sun you've heard a lot of tales of maybe even seen statues and portraits this figure doesn't look nearly so regal as you had been led to believe by those images. This figure looks tired, sad, resigned even, and sitting below the shrine gate, surrounded by a teeming mass of large ape-like creatures with jutting bone spurs and fire in their eyes is an elderly woman. The mark of Saturn is emblazoned on her forehead. And she plays a tune gently on a flute. As you arrive, she removes the flute from her lips and motions to the area of calm near her. I will give you a choice. And she picks a cup off of the ground near her. We can make this unpleasant, or you can sit down, join me for tea, and accept things for the way they are. What is it going to be, Golden Might of the Dawn? You know, and Goldemite of the Dawn kind of lightly claps her hands together, intentionally avoiding having her rings knock into each other. I'm really sick and tired 
of all of the fighting that happens. And I'm sure you've seen the murders I've done. So uh, why don't we have a nice chat? I'll pass on the tea, though. That's a shame. There's a dignity and ceremony in sharing tea. Never mind. I'll enjoy my beverage, and you can simply sit and chat with me. And she waves her hand, and the veritable teeming sea of blood apes spreads in front of you, leaving way to this relatively comfortable-looking table where she is kneeling and mixing sugar into her tea with a spoon. And Golden Might of the Dawn, her eyes clear and focused and full of the tones of a cotton candy sunset mixed with flecks of orange, marches forward down this hallway of blood apes to the table with languishing diatribe. As you sit with her, a knowing smile cracks across her face. I'm glad that you've accepted this. I'm sure that Ray once he's situated, would be happy to recognize your valor in making this choice. He should be able to succeed where others have failed. He could do away with hundred drunken rubies. Golden Might of the Dawn stuffs her hands into the pocket of her sweater where believing, loving, and mercy are, and she focuses on their warmth and the fact that she's not alone and she hasn't been for a very long time, and she looks to Languishing Diatribe and smiles. <laughs> you have a weird way of starting off a conversation, don't you? Do you not want him done away with? I mean, I go back and forth on it, but I'd really rather talk about something a lot cuter. Uh, he's so creepy. All the blood and the nightmares. I mean, if you think that's cute, it can be. I just prefer fluffier things. Believe me, the Death Lords and their creations are anything but cute in my estimation. I think that, in regards to them, I'm a lot like you are. Adorable. In the way that someone as reserved and dignified as myself can be, yes. You almost make it sound like they're two separate things. I just want you to know, and Golden Might of the Dawn slips one of her hands out of her pocket and places it over her chest, being cute comes from the inside. It's a mentality. And I know people say that it's easy for me to say that. But I'm sure you can tell that I put a little something extra into myself every day. And it's all about believing. And inside the pocket of her sweater, she lightly wraps her hand around the tail of a very small gray poof ball. I used to put effort into that sort of thing, a little bit of extra attention, but over a thousand years, two thousand years, it grinds on you. It wears you down. I'm afraid I haven't the effort left to make myself so effervescent as you. Aw, that's really sweet of you. Gosh, I sure hope that I'm around for two thousand years. <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff that I got to take care of, and I think 2,000 years might be enough time. My offer stands. I'm sure that Ray is amenable to helping you achieve those goals once. And she casually motions with the back of her hand toward the sun bound above you. That situation is taken care of. A very small glare flickers across Goldie's face, surprisingly not at Languishing Diatribe, but at the Unconquered Sun. But it is quickly washed away as she composes herself. You know, 
I don't know if I'd want to work for Ray. From everything I hear, he's even worse than the unconquered son. And let's face it, and Goldie lightly extends her hand in kind of a waving off motion. That's saying something. He is miserable. At least now his looks match his insides. I don't think you understand the nature of this arrangement, however. You would not be working for Ray. You would be working with me. Ray, you understand. Though he will be powerful, he needs a guiding hand. In the time I have left, I intend to instruct him quickly and firmly. Oh, so you're thinking that once you're gone, I could instruct Ray? And Goldie points at herself as if there was anyone else there besides the two of them. By the time that's come to pass, I believe that you should find yourself in Ray's good graces, and that long list of things you have yet to accomplish should have withered itself to being quite short. Oh, <laughs> I appreciate the compliment, because I, for one, certainly don't think I'm in any position to ever be good enough at all of this, and Golden Might of the Dawn gestures to the air in between her and Languishing Diatribe, but also my list of things I want to take care of is really small. In fact, sometimes it's uh, only one thing that I want to take care of. And as much as I don't like the Unconquered Sun, I don't know that Ida uh... And Golden Might of the Dawn closes her eyes, and she focuses on her left hand, which is the one inside of her sweater pocket. And she focuses on believing and loving and mercy. <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I'd have enough time with Ray around to take care of what's most important to me. Because at the end of the day, there will always be more slave traders to kill and more towns to liberate and more warlords that uh, need Rizzo to behead them. It doesn't matter if Ray is in charge. He's not going to make things better. And the least I can do is take care of the one part of the one piece, really, of creation that actually matters to me. At this point, believing crawls his way up Goldie's arm, popping out and glowering as much as a puffball can toward Languishing Diatribe. And if anything gets in her way, they're going to have to go through me. I've seen hundred drunken boobies. He's not so scary. I was just, I was just sick the last time we saw him. I had too many grapes. So, if you're gonna make offers like that, you're gonna have to do better than that. What do you say to that? You would turn your back on the good of creation for a creature such as that? Golden Might of the Dawn, without any hesitation, and with that small bit of worry she had completely gone, nods. I would. Why? Because I believe... <laughs> I believe in love and mercy... And I don't just mean that I believe in my wonderful and most best friend in the world belief in love and mercy. I mean that I believe in having hope and showing people love and also showing them mercy. And I know that's an easy thing to say, but I'm sure that 
if you have seen me with 100 drunken rubies, then you at least know bits and pieces from afterward. And I'm very, very, and cold and might of the dawn strokes her forehead a little bit and kind of brushes her bangs. I'm really, really good at killing and I'm not really, really good at talking, but I try because killing people, it can be cruel. And I don't just mean on the person being killed, but on their loved ones. And so if I can not murder everybody and be kinder, then maybe I can make creation better. And the person I want to make creation better for is belief in love and mercy because they gave me the opportunity to be better when by all intents and purposes I should have died they saved me out of mercy and out of affection and so I will protect them forever and always and even though Sometimes we need protecting. We're totally worth it. And so is Goldie. So you can step off now. And a brown lump rolls from Golden Might of the Dawn's pocket and slowly, arduously clambers up the back of her sweater, resting at the top of her head. Yeah, not much you could do to stop her. I can guarantee that. Your words ring of a time before I was so burdened with the knowledge of what has transpired and what is yet to come. Can you really look there at that man, that snake, who cursed you with a mark on your brow that means you'll be hunted to your dying breath, who's given you the capacity to do so much harm, and say that a world where he still lives is a world where you can champion your belief in love and mercy? <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh, Golden Might of the Dawn says, as she undoes the sets of buttons on the sides of her sweater, and the last poof ball rolls out and rolls up her arm. It turns into a small little lion the size of a mouse and sits upon her shoulder while she slides off her sweater, and she unties the poncho around her waist that Ariston and Rizzo made to protect her from ghosts. And she folds them up and lays them down. It's just, you said that he, and Goldemite of the Dawn points to the unconquered son, that he is the one who marked me to be hunted for the rest of my life. And uh, I don't think you're looking back far enough. And she drops her dress the red fiery dress burning the brown tree and it falls down to her feet and there large on the left side of her back taking up the entirety of her left shoulder blade and going down to her mid back in high realm reads ornamental shadow 12 and she looks over her shoulder at Languishing Diatribe. Are you really going to say that while we're at it, we should strip all of the realm of their power too? That's a whole lot more people to kill. There are bad people and bad beings everywhere. And what's more is that every being will do something bad to another. And so I will be hunted until the day I die. But that day will be so much farther because of this mark. And Golden Might of the Dawn points to her forehead, where in a 
clockwise motion, the points of the dawn sun appear on her forehead and then summon the very center that glows bright and clear and a glittering gold mirroring the dawn. And I may have power beyond most beings' wildest dreams, and I might have used that to kill more people than I should have, but I have saved far more people than I have killed with this power. I have stopped the suffering of far more beings than any mortal could have, than a team of mortals could have. So while I'm cursed with this mark from him, that's nothing. And I will gladly carry this curse till the end of creation. Go ahead and give me a charisma plus presence roll. I'm going to give you a three dot stunt for that. And you're going to get a bonus two dice for having an appearance higher than her resolve score. Cool. So I'm also going to be playing the super fun. This is a bajillion charms game. So I will be using Crowned King for Eternity, which grants me one free presence or socialized excellency, a scene, which is why y'all haven't used it. I've been saving it for a very good scene. <laughs> and I will also be using Threefold Magentic Ardor, which will allow me to turn my two dice from my appearance score into automatic successes. So I will be rolling a total of 22 dice, and I already have five auto successes. Let's see how this works. That is 15 successes. Languishing diatribe sips deeply from her cup. You are so, so much more like me than you understand, Goldie. I want the same things that you do. I truly, truly do. But I, like you have been cursed with power. She motions to her forehead, the mark of Saturn burning there. And moreover, I've been cursed with knowledge. I've seen the rise and fall of your kind. I've seen the sun turn his back. I've seen heaven throw its support behind the realm when we should have turned away. I've seen so many like you before stand up and fall to corruption, to their own hubris. I do this not because it brings me pleasure, but because I must. If his mistakes are not corrected, and if a firm hand does not guide ray of morning sunlight, creation, well, creation will be nothing but a swirling pit of chaos, wild and oblivion, before Tawia reaches half my age. We're not going to let that happen. We're going to make sure that she doesn't fall to anything. While Languishing Diatribe was talking, Golden Might of the Dawn was putting her dress back on. Because being naked makes her feel weird, y'all. She's not cool with bodies. And also, Believing, Loving, and Mercy were steadily growing from poof balls to a palm-sized mouse, a bear-cub-sized bear, and a bear-cub-sized lion with a full wild mane. And Golden Might of the Dawn has a sad smile on her face as she looks at Languishing Diatribe. You said that I'm a lot like you and that you've 
seen a lot like me, but I really doubt you have ever seen one of them. And as she gestures with her hand to the three lined up familiars, they merge into one lion-sized fusion of a bear, a lion, and a mouse with Believing's flaming red mohawk cutting through the mane and going all the way down to their fiery tail. And it's because I have belief in love and mercy that I know I can't fall to corruption. And sure, that's an easy thing to say, and I'm sure you've seen how impressionable believing is. But what you probably can't see is that belief in love and mercy is even more special than being this beautiful fusion of three friends who love each other enough to help each other enough to become one. And it's because their ability is to find the good in people. Mercy can sniff it out and loving can pull it out and believing can find loving in anyone. And (laughs) I don't mean that believing finds our loving. I mean that if there is love in your heart and good intentions or real genuine hope, they can find it. And she gestures again to them and they break apart into their three pieces. I know that it's hard to admit when you've lost hope, but I know you have. You picked Ray of all the people in creation. You settled on Ray, who is toxic and destructive. And you can argue that all he needs is a firm helping hand to guide him, but he needs so much more. And that, and she points to the pinned down, steadily coming into focus, vision of the unconquered sun. That broken being there is far more together than that distraught child you are attempting to put at the head of creation. You think that Ray is going to fix this? No, my child. I don't think that Ray is going to fix this. I think that I am. I think that I have to try. I've spent a lot of time not following my gut when I should have, not following my convictions when I should have. Ray of morning sunlight is a broken product of the sun's negligence. Just like the rest of creation. Yes, he's toxic. Yes, he's prideful. But he is not going to be organizing the structure of creation and heaven. That will be me. I've spent so much time behind this child. I believe in you. Oh, I wish so dearly that I could cede it all to you. To your unwavering dedication to belief and loving and... Mercy, who keep your course firm, but what of your friends? What of Cessus Min? What of the Bull of the North? What of the Realm? What of the Abyssals? I don't know who Cessus Min is, but I'm sure she is a good person at heart. Actually, I'm not sure. Sounds like the name of someone from the Realm. Okay, the Bull of the North, though. I could start there. So the Bull of the North wanted to protect her people, and and Goldie clenches her fist so deeply that her nails break the skin and for just the fraction of a moment in her small red fist 
blood drips, but she releases her fist and her exalted healing seals up those small holes poked by her nails. The Bull of the North knew pain, like you and like me, and she knew what it meant to lose people. And she knew that she didn't want to have to lose anyone else. And something that I learned very early in life, despite being the child you call me, is that you can't save everyone. You can only save those you can reach. And it's easy. It is so, so easy to say that you'll do it, that you'll be in charge, that you can restructure heaven, that you can save everyone, but you can't. You really can't. And you are so close to death that I can feel it even more than I did from 100 Drunken Rubies. I can feel the death coming from you. Her eyes begin to fog and well with tears. I'm so close to being able to expand my reach. You don't understand, Goldie. I'm so tired of endings. Always, everything gives way. Everything crumbles. Everything falls. It is agonizing watching, knowing that if I could reach a little bit farther, if I could push a little bit more, there would be more journeys. There would be more serenity. There would be only the secrets that were needed and only the battles which enriched us. But no, it's endings and endings and endings. I'm so tired. I just want a new beginning to set right all the endings that I've caused. Before, before I need to end too, it hurts. And I've closed myself off from that pain. I've had to harden myself because I can make creation better. Don't you understand? Can't you see that? Not a fool, am I? Am I? And she looks desperate, pleading toward Golden Might of the Dawn. While Languishing Diatribe was talking, Golden Might of the Dawn started walking towards her and around the table. And she has this expression, not of pity or quite of worry, but of paternal affection. And I don't mean from a parent. I mean, everyone has that mom friend who has the snacks and the plan for what we're going to do and where we need to go. And Golden Might of the Dawn has that mom friend expression of, you did your best and you worked really hard. And I'm so sorry that it didn't work out, but I'm so proud of you for trying. And I love you for that because you did your best. And I'm here for you. And Golden Might of the Dawn extends her hands to Languishing Diatribe. You did your best. And I'm so sorry that it's not going to be what you wanted. Because this, and Goldie spares one of her hands to gesture around to the gates, to the distant fight of Ray and Rizzo, to where she hopes Ashen Mask and Harmonious Accord are and are alive and hopes despite herself that Majin is killed, even though she knows that Ashen Mask might have had to kill someone. And she gestures further, out past the oceans and the seas and creation as a whole, to the tallest mountain which they can see from here. 
what you're doing here is not a new beginning for creation. It's an ending of so many more good things. But here in this talk with you, this is our beginning. You don't have a lot of time and you know and I know that you're so tired and you worked so hard for so long and you don't have to work that hard anymore. I still don't feel like I'm a very good talker, but if you just spent some time with me, I'm sure I could be better. And then after you're gone, I can continue to spread that. I can spread love and mercy and hope to people who don't have it. And it'll be like a torch lighting others. And long after you are gone, and even once people have forgot your name and mine, you'll still be here, burning in somebody's heart, reminding them that no matter how much has ended, no matter how dark the nights are, or how blinding the days are, or how much noise exists in the world, as long as they can love something, as long as they can remember to be merciful and kind, a better creation will be there tomorrow. So go ahead and give me one more charisma plus presence roll, please. I still get the bonus two dice for my appearance because despite all of the stress, Golden Might of the Dawn is as beautiful as she makes herself out to be. I will be using 10 motes from my peripheral pool, actually, because it is so much natural for Goldie to glow. And so she does in one swift burst of all the warmth in her heart. Her skin lights up in a beautiful hue of almost orange, but clearly gold because she is the morning sun and is going to end Languishing Diatribe's dark, dark days. That is 18 successes. Dropping the cup of tea and stumbling forward around the table toward Goldie, who's approaching her. Languishing Diatribe grasps at Goldie's knees like a toddler who's just found a parent that they thought that they had lost. Like she thought you were never coming back. Like finally there's this relief at the heart of this existential terror. I just wanted them to be happy. Majin. She needed mercy after everyone forgot her. Ray just needed somebody to believe in him for who he was and to love him for who he was. Goldie, can you promise me one thing? Of course. And Golden Might of the Dawn strokes Languishing Diatribe's hair. She grips your back tightly like she's never going to let go. Don't let anyone make the same mistake that I did. Don't falter. I was a fool. Don't let anyone else succumb to that. Tell Cascade of Joy's Rhapsodies. Tell Fowley. Tell Adventure of Tide. Tell Tawia. Tawia's still so young. Tell them all. I'm sorry. Tell them all. I was wrong. Tell them. We should have been stronger together. And Golden Might of the Dawn kneels down before Languishing Diatribe so that way she can better hold and cradle and comfort her as she sobs. And believing, loving, and mercy, each the size of a full-grown lion, 
approach and circle around them. And Golden Might of the Dawn, hugging Languishing Diatribe closely, tells her, I know it's going to be hard, but I think that you should tell them yourself. She begins sobbing almost uncontrollably, looking into your eyes as the tears just pour and pour. I can't. Can't you see? It's already too late. I've let go. It's in your hands now, Goldie. And your friends, too. It's over for me. Golden Might of the Dawn tries to grasp Languishing Diatribe tighter as if she can hold her on the plane of creation for just a moment longer. Uh, you... You can make it, though. They're they're on their way. They said that they'd be coming, and I know how much they want to see you again. Cool purple light is bubbling up beneath and through Languishing Diatribe's skin. This particulate essence cracking through her very being. Goldemite of the Dawn clenches her jaw. I I promise that I won't let anyone succumb to it. I I told you I'm going to spread hope and love and mercy through every part of creation I can reach. And I will get it to the bottom of the ocean to Alceus and he will carry it. And I will get it to Jaway and they will foster it. And I will get it back to the north. I will touch every bit of creation, even the realm. I will make sure it gets there. And I will make sure that your friends who love you so much, who will miss you, know that you love them. She looks at you. She looks at believing, loving, and mercy. And as her eyes fill with purple light, and her mouth fills with purple light, she softly whines. Oh, it's just not fair. And there's nothing left of her. The sea of demons summoned by her begin to dissipate in that same purple light. But there is a crack of golden yellow above you, cradled at the top of the shrine. It seems as though a bolt of thunder has hit the unconquered sun and has begun to hurl its way back toward the shrine gate where Ray resides. Thank you so much for listening to Swallows of the South. If you'd like to get in touch with the show or ask Quinn any questions, feel free to contact us at our email at swallowsofthesouth at gmail.com. We can also be found on Twitter at Swallows of South and on Facebook and Tumblr at Swallows of the South. Our theme song is new by Elvis Herod. If you'd like to help the show out, feel free to leave us a five-star rating or review on iTunes or check our Patreon. Thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next Tuesday.